Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Raw Rundown. My name is Adam Glenn, joined by my friend on the other side of the country, Dax Holt. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. It's Friday. I can't complain. All right, let's get into this, Adam. I am yes, ready. I feel like this, we got lots of good stuff to talk about today. This is our Raw Rundown where we do our top 10 stories of the week. We try to make it quick, fun, and easy so you know everything that's going on in the world of pop culture, entertainment news. So you're just a little bit more... You know what's going on. So when you, you can brag to your friends that you've been on the internet this week. Uh, before we get to that, we actually read some reviews. Dax, do you have a review ready for us? I got one. All right. This one comes from Philly Samantha. It says, hands down, my favorite podcast. Samantha from Massachusetts. And I used to work in a radio as a market marketing director in Philly and had one-on-one celeb contacts daily. And I love these stories so much as I have so many myself. Uh, five stars for sure. You complete my hour drive to work. When something is happening with a celebrity, I instantly want to listen to the rundown and just love all your interviews, best Facebook group and podcast. Amazing work um about behind the scenes hell yes thank you samantha there we go um i love that she is one of our uh, off the record facebook members i love that she's listened to the rundowns the interviews all of it i mean that's that's the best uh review you can give i love it thank you samantha yes really appreciate it very nice very nice do you want to do one more we're going to get right to the t- nice. top 10 stories no let's do one more okay. all right this one says a Covert 59 says, Jim and Courtney episode, excellent to finally hear the truth of how Jim and Megan co-parent. If I was Jim, I'd advise him uh, to not have any contact with Megan, blocker calls, text emails, have a go between the nanny would be perfect. Clearly, Megan is unhealthy. To- okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep reading it because it is a comment. Uh, clearly, Megan is unhealthy, attempting to distract her ex and his new wife. Megan is using her platform to gain popularity. Uh, that needs drama, so she uses her ex for entertainment. Sad for the kiddos. So I have to say, this is that's Jim's perspective, but I would suggest go listen to Megan's perspective. Um, you know, we, we had him on. I I did enjoy the interview. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it is definitely one side. You got to hear both sides, and that's what I would suggest because we there we're, there was a bit of backlash from that episode because. There's only one side being presented. That's why we told everyone, go listen to her side. That way you can get both sides. Yes. Thank okay. you, Acover, for the review, though. And we appreciate the five stars. Keep listening. All right. On Absolutely. to the top 10 stories of the week. Dax, what's number 10? Number 10, shocking news, but Ryan Seacrest is leaving live with Kelly and Ryan. Uh, didn't see this coming, so that he announced this on social media, um, basically that he will be leaving at the end of the season, which it seems to be about May, um, and uh, TMZ, I know, has a lot of sources connected with Ryan in that show, and they said that he only planned to uh, stay for three years and actually went almost what six at this point almost to seven I don't, I don't know how long it he's actually been there uh but he's apparently loved it uh it sounds like he may end up moving back to la at least part-time um and focus on i guess his his olive oil 
I, I didn't even know he had olive oil. I guess this is something where he bought bought land, has been making olive oil. It aligns with like his love for food, and and he has no hard feelings. I guess they kumbayaed it all and said, you know, this last six years has been a dream job, uh, a highlight of his career. It's you know he's he's loved Kelly. She's been an amazing partner, friend, and confidant. And uh, and yeah, now he'll focus. He will continue doing American Idol for the 21st season, continue his radio show, do Dick Clark's New York Rock and Eve, um, and focus on his Ryan Seacrest Foundation, um, which he puts into like pediatric hospitals around the country. Um, and so it looks like now Mark Consuelos will step in, uh, Kelly's husband will step in and co-host alongside of her. I did not see this break in. See, I... I never there's I see both sides. I never thought that Ryan Seacrest was going to stay forever. For me, it just didn't seem like the job that really made him happy. I don't know. This is just me. I don't know him personally. I've met him a bunch of times, but I don't really I never thought he was going to stay at this job forever because it is a sort of grueling job because he does the morning show. He does live with Kelly and Ryan, and then he does the radio show from there Mm -hmm. right there. So it, it is a lot. I just didn't think he wanted to be in that position forever. But the other hand, Ryan Seacrest is like, still. That's one of those gigs that you could literally live on for the rest of your life. Like so, Regis Philbin. That, exactly. That, so I didn't think he would leave it. I would have thought he would have quit some of the other gigs first. Like radio or whatever. That to me, I'm I'm surprised that didn't go away before but this the thing away. about radio, he doesn't really have to show what he looks like. I think he could kind of do that, not even shower. He could kind of do it from home. It's a little bit easy. This one's a little bit easy pickup, uh, a little bit easy kind of. Here's the thing. I don't think Ryan likes living in New York as much as he likes living in L.A. Mm-hmm. I think he just likes the L.A. lifestyle a little bit better. Um, but I also thought, the other hand, that Ryan was kind of going to appreciate be- kind of defining and being the new Regis Philbin. You know, work until he's eight years old and just having everyone love him. And it was one of those jobs that he could he could do for the next 30 years. Not like yep. he needs the money, but something that he could just kind of keep working for the next 30 years. I don't know. I did not see it coming, but I saw it. I thought in my in the back of my mind, I saw it coming because I just didn't feel like he was um, he was content because at the end of the day, it wasn't it wasn't Ryan's show. It was Kelly Ripa's show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I always just thought it was live with Kelly, not with live with Kelly and Ryan. I think. I mean, Kelly- I, I see that. I I guess I go back to I I thought this was going to be his retiring gig. Um, but listen, I love I love Seacrest. Um, I think Seacrest is great. He's great at what him. he does. He's so good he, at what he like, does. People people underestimate how good he is because he makes it look easy. Um, and it's doing live television as much as he's done live radio. American Idol. I mean, he's just he is such a pro at it, and people don't understand how hard that is. What what he does on a daily basis. It's crazy. All right, number nine. Number nine. I so I, I guess this is a story that has circulated in the past, but it has come back out now. But Rebel Wilson says that uh, when she was doing all the Pitch Perfect movies, her contract banned her from losing weight. So uh, she was on the Call Her Daddy podcast, and she said, you know, when she did, she couldn't wait to be done with the Pitch Perfect movies because when it ended, she could really kickstart her quote-unquote, year of health. She said she couldn't lose a massive amount of weight because in the, a part of the contracts was you can only, like, 
lose or gain about 10 pounds, and you kind of have to stay the right weight. And keep in mind, her role was Fat Amy in the movies, and so they wanted her to keep that same look. They couldn't all of a sudden have her lose a bunch of weight. And her her defense is like, you, you shouldn't have the control over an actor's body as much as you do. And if your body fluctuates, well, adjust the script rather than tell me I can't do anything and, you know, with my own body, um, which I thought was pretty shocking. I didn't, you know, I've heard of these these little, con- I guess, contracts where the, the weight is a big thing, and I don't know if it's for continuity. I can see it during, like, a movie, but if you're filming 10 movies or five movies or whatever, that to me is more shocking. I could see it during one movie because you got six months, you can't suddenly drop a bunch of weight in the middle of a movie, but I don't know, it's wild. Yeah, it's, um, what are your thoughts though? If you're a director and you have this movie and you cast this person because of their body and you mm-hmm. cast them as an actor, but also their body, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, is that something that you would put in the contract? Because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a touchy subject. It is a touchy could- subject. Um, it's tough because I think my, my only rebuttal here would be you hire like you hire people based on diversity or body styles because you want to represent a wide range of people uh, and then i think if that changes halfway through you're going to be like wait 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 but i hired you because i wanted to represent a certain demo and now you're not in that demo i think that could be one fair response um but that's that's tough though because you again it's someone's body you, like, can you really have that much control over w- what someone's body looks like? Yeah, uh, true. And then I don't know if you're supposed to rewrite the script a little bit around that person's body. However, it's like sort of like the mindset, no, this is what we want to make this a good film. It's mm-hmm. a very weird subject, but the thing I think you get most from the story, like this is how the industry works. These are sometimes yeah. little things that go into contracts that you don't even know or even realize. And if you remember, she had also come out and said that her whole management team also gave her a really hard time. They were like, what are you doing? Like, you're the, like, fat, funny girl, and you're making millions of dollars. Why would you want to ruin that? And she's like, I want to be healthy. What are you talking about? I, I, If I want to lose weight, I should be able to lose weight. And I don't want to also get typecast into a certain role and always only be just like, the the larger best friend she's like i want to be taken serious in the industry and it's like i don't want the only focus to be on my weight i want the focus to be on just my talent in general we should do an episode just on like weird things in contracts if we could ever find that out like just mm. the crazy things that are put into contracts for actors cool. and actresses over the years that maybe most people never learn i don't know it's a lot of research into it and i don't know how many people have uh, I'm surprised she was even able to talk about this because with the contracts, I don't know if they make them sign an NDA so they're not able to discuss the things in the contract. Or maybe but it's been long enough that she can now talk about it or she's she's successful enough that she's not worried about any kind of repercussions. Sure. All right. Let's move on. Number eight. Number eight. Uh Steven Spielberg uh, praising Tom Cruise, saying that Tom Cruise saved Hollywood's ass with uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, basically, Steven was giving him all kinds of accolades, um, and this was at a uh, an Academy Awards luncheon that happened on Monday, but uh, basically pulled in 
Tom for a hug and said that he saved everyone's ass because his his movie was such a big blockbuster that it brought people back into the theaters fueled a ton of money into the the entertainment and the the movie industry and basically restarted the whole thing as you remember after COVID, people were like, nah, I'm good. I can just get my movie from home. And Top Gun Maverick was one of the first movies that said, no, come to the theater. You have to come to the theater to be able to watch my movie. And they actually didn't put it out for like a year and a half because they wanted to wait. They were like, no, I don't, I don't want to put this out for people to watch it in their homes. I want people to experience this on a giant movie theater screen. And so because it brought in over a billion dollars uh, other companies were like, okay, I guess we can do this again. And I know Avatar went back into theaters. They had like an exclusive release where you couldn't watch it on Disney+. Plus. You had to go see it in the theater. And so I think it gave people the confidence to start getting um, people out of their homes and back into theaters. Yeah, I mean, uh, Steven Spielberg is not wrong here. I, I actually loved, I mean, we spoke about this before, that I loved that before the film started, Tom Cruise thanked people for coming to the movies and mm-hmm. seeing the movie. And this movie was done uh, you know, a while ago, but they delayed the opening of this movie so they could kind of get people more comfortable with going to movie theaters again. And it really was the um, the first launch of getting people to go back to the movies. Actually, you know, watching the Super Bowl, I haven't been to the movie since COVID, but there was two, um, they showed two movies, trailers during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and there were movies that I would go to the Super, uh, I would go to the movies for. It was you Indiana didn't see Jones. Top Gun Maverick? I did not. You didn't see Top Gun Maverick. Yes, I freaking did. What are you talking about? I did saw you? it right when it came out. Uh, I, I, I didn't even see Top Gun 1, and I'm not the only one to admit that. There, I, you know, when I admitted that first. Adam, of, who are you? I'm not a Top Gun guy. That's that's who I am. But Dude. a lot of people hit me up and said, I never saw Top Gun either. It just doesn't interest me. But the movies that do you interest me. You didn't see me, Avatar? I didn't see Avatar. But I love the ride oh, at Disney. God. Dude, the new one is so good, too. I mean, listen, the new one is fantastic it's about i don't know three hours too long but it's still a very very good movie now it was that's the one thing i i think you could cut an hour out of the new avatar and it would still be fantastic i mean i was starting to even lose my patience and my kids were like couldn't sit still they were just like okay we're over it we want to be done with this movie yeah i will i will go to the movies to see indiana jones and i will go to the movies to see the flash the flash looked really cool that based on the trailer yeah, I like how they were jumping around all these different timelines, doing different Batmans. And yeah. That's kind of cool. That's kinda, All right, moving along to number seven. All right, moving on to... Oh, and by the way, I did want to say uh, a part of all of this, apparently Tom didn't even want to do a Top Gun sequel, and he was convinced there was a 30-minute, basically, pitch session in between uh, while he was doing... T- oh, geez, sorry. Apologize, my uh, my speakers are turned up there. Um, there was a a thirty minute pitch session in between takes of Mission Impossible, and so uh, the the guy who went out to like pitch it was like, I can't believe I'm sitting here and I've got thirty minutes to convince him to redo one of the biggest movies of all times. But apparently, he did a good job pitching it because it worked and it was successful. And I think he's probably very happy he did it at this point. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, seven. What number did you say we're on? Six? Seven, seven. No, we're on six, bro. No, 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 we're on no, seven. seven. Dang it. I thought <laughs> I was good. All right, number seven. Uh, Brandy Glanville had evolved in apparently now... Two alleged lewd incidents on that um, that Real Housewives, what was it called? Ultimate Girls Trip. Uh, so it wasn't just the incident that she had with Caroline Manzo now, where we had told you where she allegedly touched her, um, made out with her, touched her chest, touched her crotch, and whatever else went down there. Tried to make but out with her, yeah. It tried to make out with her. But then apparently around that same time, she um, she was talking to someone on set uh, who apparently is a good friend of hers, but it's a show's producer. Uh, and then they yelled out the show's the producer. Of the, oh, I can't talk right now. Addressed one of the show's producer by name in front of a room full of cast and crew and said, do you want to fuck me tonight? And I. Uh, Apparently, they're friends, so it was all, like, fun and games and, like, not taking that serious. However, um, because Bravo went back to look over the the footage of what happened with Caroline Manzo, they then saw this, and they were like, okay, we need to get rid of Brandy. Like, there's too much happening here. It's not one incident. Now it's two incidents. Like, she's she's spiraling, so we need to get her off this show. Um Again, the, the, the guy that she had said that to, um, it, it did not take it serious. It was a joke in their minds, but the Bravo execs didn't really look at it that way. It's tough. I mean, listen, I, we're going to find out exactly what happened closer to like the show coming out and stuff. But, you know, when you're a reality cast member on these shows, we've talked to a lot of reality cast members. There is the, the job is to perform, is to be entertaining, to be, um, a little wild, a little crazy. That's why you're put on the show. So where does the line... If she was boring, she wouldn't be there. Yeah, so where do you draw the line to being over the top and then being too much? Because that's what you have to be. You have to be over the top, but then there's a line saying, oh, now you're too much. I don't I don't know. I don't know where they're, uh, where the line is. It's, it's a fine line to walk when you're a reality star because you want to be crazy. You want to be interesting and provocative. But... If you're too interesting and too provocative, then they'll get rid of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're going to hear a lot more closer to the next few weeks. I hope they air it. I want I want them to air everything. I mean, obviously, we know oh, a lot that's going on, they but are. they have to air of everything. Of course they're going to air that. They are, after all this publicity, there's no way they're going to shelve that footage. They're going to profit the hell off of it. Well, does this help out Brandy Glanville? Does this help her get on maybe back on the franchise or does it make her help out her brand deals because it makes her a little bit more um, as a person again? Like kind I don't, of like a puts her out there again. I mean, I don't think it helps with brand deals cause it's, she's crazy. That's what they're, they're insinuating is that she's crazy. It's crazy brandy. So I don't think it helps with brand deals, but I think it helps with just her fame or, you know, so I see the other shows wanting to have her on again. It's like the, I know she's already done it, but like the Celeb Big Brothers or the Celeb Get Me Out of Here, you know, those are the shows that would want her now. Yeah. It'll help out um, with her cameo. It helps. Out, yeah, it helps out with certain aspects of just staying relevant and keeping you on the top of people's minds and all of that. But it makes it, I think, a, a little rocky for Bravo because as much as a lot of people would love to see her as a full-time cast member again, 
if she's too much of a loose cannon, I think that they get nervous with that. Yes. All right. Let's moving down the countdown to number six. Oh, now you want to do number six? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number six is uh, Meghan Markle apparently contradicting a claim she never researched the royal family while shading Princess Kate in a resurfaced blog post. So I take this one as a grain of salt because you guys know how I feel about. Uh, the Kate and Harry stuff, uh, but Sky News out in Australia did this whole inter- or this whole article saying that uh, they went back and they found, um, well, I don't know if it was them, but they're talking about this n- uh, now defunct lifestyle blog that she had back in like 2014 up into 2017 called The Tig, and it was a lifestyle blog where she, sa- she shared lifestyle tips and fashion advice and recipes, and she had on like, she interviewed Serena Williams and like all these things. And, you know, her one of her things was that she, she said that she never really um, researched the royal family or knew much about them before getting into a relationship with um, with Harry. And so back in this resurfaced post from 2014, she interviewed an ex-Libyan royal uh, about the concept of royalty. And she said, little girls dream of being princesses. I, for one, was all about She-Ra, the princess of power, and grown women seem to retain this childhood fantasy. She said, She-Ra is a fictional, or, uh, for people who don't know, She-Ra is a fictional superhero from the Master of the Universe TV show. Um, but then she referenced Kate Middleton and the global spectacle around the, the wedding that happened. She said, just look at the pomp and circumstance surrounding the royal wedding and the endless conversation about Princess Kate. So... They took that statement, and they're now saying that she's contradicting everything she said because she said, oh, I, I never really researched. To me, I don't think that means she researched them because you'd have to be living in a cave in Afghanistan to not know about the royal wedding. Like, it was impossible to not know about it. So her referencing it, that to me doesn't mean she researched up. That means that she knew what was happening in pop culture. I also don't know if it's necessarily a dig at Princess Kate because it was a spectacle. It was wild. And I think everyone would admit at the same time that wedding was out of control. It was fun to watch. It was fun to happen. But it was a spectacle. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think that news outlets, media outlets know how great it is to have a Meghan Markle, Prince Harry headline. Because it brings mm-hmm. in so many people. At the end of the day, the news isn't there for to give us news. They're there to make money. They're they're a business just like any other. So anything with a Meghan Markle headline, especially where there's a little bit of um, controversy, controversy, yeah, it, controversy. It's it's going to help out with the headlines. So they're just fishing for anything they could do. It just. But why does it have to be negative every time? Damn. Because if it's nice, it's who wants like, to read a nice story? Who wants to hear about Meghan Markle? Doing uh, community service. No one cares about that. But if there's some feud going on within the family, people are going to click on that. It's a clickbait story. It's a clickbait article. Not necessarily clickbait, but it's a headline where people are, have interest in. So I, I get it yeah, as, on the business like, side. It just sucks for. I, I also I don't just know. think like if you go back into anyone's timeline ever, you're saying you can never contradict yourself ever in your lifetime. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Think about things I've said in the past where it was, you know, my mind's changed. People over time change their minds too. If I would have said oh, I would never do a podcast with Adam Glenn 
20 years ago and now I'm going to look at me now. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. there's things no, that change I, no. over time. Exactly. When you said One Direction is the best group ever and Harry Styles will never leave the group. Things change. <laughs> I get it, Dax. I get it. There's things that change and you're like, man, I wish I could take that comment back. But uh, that these are things that happen and uh, you're right. There's... She kind of, you know, you live and you learn. And I don't even feel like this one's a contradiction. That's the crazy part. Like, it's, it. she mentioned it, and suddenly now, oh, she never, she said she never researched. Dude, she mentioned the royal wedding. The, the whole planet knew about the royal wedding. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Like, she didn't go into detail about Kate Middleton's dress and, you know, what it looked like that day. Yeah. Where you, you would actually have to do research to find that out. Whatever. It's I'm, interesting. It just annoys me. All right, let's uh, move on. Number five. Uh, number five, a little bit wild, and Jason Sudeikis sued by their former nanny. Uh, <laughs> this nanny will not go away. This is wild. No. This is the same nanny, uh, the ex-nanny, Erica Gennaro, I think is how you say her name, who was an employee that gave the exclus- uh, exclusive interview with the Daily Mail that was like crazy, said all wild. kinds of details. What is it? No, it's just a wild. She said everything and every, I mean it's everything. Man. Like this woman aired out so much dirty laundry but now is suing them and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like she and and she's suing them um because of anxiety and depression uh because they terminated her employment and and she she's now become increasingly anxious and stressed um and, and I'm just like um, you you aired out all their dirty laundry like to the world, and now you want money out of it. I yeah, I, I have a hard time following this whole thing. She's complaining that you know after Olivia left, she became kind of like the woman who had to run the household, and she also had to take care of Jason. She complains that after you know a long day of work, Jason would say, "Okay, well after the kids go down, do you mind? Can we like sit up and talk?" Because and he would like talk about all the issues going on in his life like she became a confidant and now she's saying that oh that caused her a lot of anxiety because he she had to take on all of this like stress of uh of him complaining about olivia and all this i'm like you were his friend like you are literally ratting him out yeah it's really sad no it's uh it's a crazy thing to do I just wonder with something like this, does the nanny have a lawyer approach her and say, listen, I will represent you for free because I think there's a story here, that I think there's a case here? Or is she actually paying for the lawyer and said, hey, listen, let's go after them? I just – I wonder me, how it all went down. To me, this says there's a lawyer that went to her and said, let's let's try to get some more money because if if she came to me and I was a lawyer, I'd be like – Bitch, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're nuts. It's a lot of work. <laughs> like, you are just pulling at, at anything to try to make a lawsuit out of this. Clearly, you have no case. Um, just please leave. And But I think that this is lawyer-driven going, oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's see how we can turn this into something that makes us a bunch of money. But, you know, with that said, I'm sure before this even went down that the lawyer approached uh, Olivia and Jason said, hey, listen, why don't we give us some more money and we'll kind of squash it. Instead, they said no and they put their foot down and then they said, OK, now we're going to file the lawsuit. Yeah, I I just have to think there's going to be a judge that goes, you talked about all their private information and now you're the one who wants money. No chance. Yeah, like, I'm surprised they haven't sued her. I am surprised. But then I think they're or just did like, they? let me make sure that they didn't sue her somewhere. 
uh, filed a lawsuit on the twosome. Now, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that they've sued her at this point, but I don't know why. Like, like there's maybe they just didn't have an NDA, so they don't have grounds for a lawsuit. Yeah. All right. Let's go to number four. This is a fun story. Uh, this is a fun story. But uh, Emily Radzikowski uh, and Eric Andre uh, definitely going Instagram official for Valentine's Day by posting uh, a photo on their joint account uh, on their accounts of them both butt naked. Um, they <laughs> it's uh, Eric laying across her couch in her apartment. With no clothes on, all he's got is an emoji heart across his crotch. And then you see her in a reflection on the mirror where she is only wearing, it looks like, a pink bra. And so I would say they are now official, official that they are dating. I know we've seen some more photos of them hanging out at more Knicks games and they went on vacation together. But it seems like uh, this one is uh, going pretty well for them. Yeah, I think this is a pretty cool... It's the perfect rebound for her because she gets to go with a guy who's a funny guy. You know, not some guy who takes himself too serious, not some guy who's a DJ. He's a funny guy and he's well-liked. Um, I I think it's a great score for him because she's very attractive and it's like, wow, it puts him at a different tier of a celebrity. It's, mm-hmm. But it's interesting that like celebrities have to date each other. They can't just kind of date normal people. But well, maybe she's done that already in the past. I don't know if you consider her past guys normal people I think, because I they're. I think she's dated a couple. I, I would say not celebrity, celebrity. I'm more like maybe they're in the entertainment world. But the bigger name, obviously, the more publicity and attention you're going to get. And she knows that. I mean, obviously, she dated Pete. And now she's dating Eric, and Eric's a very well liked guy who's really, really funny. It's a great rebound for both of them the way they kind of went instagram official is super funny he's naked and she's taking a photo of him and you see the reflection of her naked in the mirror it's just it's great i'm i'm excited to see like what else they do because i'm a huge eric andre fan i'm i love the eric andre show i I suggest you guys check out the eric andre show it's so good it's good and they got wine they had a good night yeah they had a great night number three Number three, legendary actress Raquel Welsh passed away this week at the age of 82. Uh, I mean, this woman has so many credits in her her list of, um, like her IMDb list. Uh, she did the One Million Years BC. She did Fantastic Voyage. But then she did other movies that are more like recent movies like Legally Blonde. Well, I guess that's not really recent, but um, things that maybe our audience would know. Uh, I mean, she she has just been around forever. One of those people that I feel like I, I grew up with, knowing her name and seeing her photos. I remember in the Shawshank Redemption, her poster, uh, you know, in that like fur bikini from One Million Years BC, was kind of like the centerpiece of that movie where he was digging the hole behind the wall, and that was her poster on the wall. So, I mean, just crazy legendary actress um and so yeah she passed away and i guess it was a brief illness um they didn't really say too much more than she passed away wednesday morning uh in los angeles so yeah she's one of those people that's always been pretty you know even when you're younger like oh this girl is like even when she was older like oh she's an attractive older woman and when you were younger like oh she's an attractive woman she's always been pretty and just kind of like it's like old Hollywood in a way. Like it was just kind of yeah. classic. When you hear that name, it's just a classic name. 100%. Like would you hear Tom Cruise? Is that a classic name yet? No. I think Raquel mm. Welch. I think Robert Redford. I think of, 
Clint Eastwood, that's old school classic Hollywood. I don't think Tom Cruise is, is that kind of No, but person give yet. it give it twenty years and then he will be in that yeah. legendary category. He's it's he's just too young to be legend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Now let's move on to some of the uh this story is very, very it's not settled yet. The the dust hasn't settled with this number two story. Uh number two, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. It looks like they've broken up. However, um, if you've been following social media, you would see that uh, Megan Fox posted this whole thing on Instagram the other day, uh, right after the Super Bowl, uh, or was it right before? I can't remember. Um, where it looked like she shaded him, deleted all the photos of him off her Instagram, um, saying he was kind of like deceitful or something, and then ended up following his arch nemesis Eminem on uh, <laughs> on IG. So it was clearly like, oh damn, like they must really not be doing well she then um eventually deleted her entire ig account i don't know if it's deleted or just on pause at the moment and so the world was kind of melting down oh my god they broke up they broke up well they were spotted out on valentine's day together and it looked like they were going to some kind of counseling session or something like that not a hundred percent sure what the case was uh, but it does seem like they've kind of had these issues these fights before and they're not in the best place, but it's to me, it seems like it's not totally over. Um, there was a lot of blame thrown towards uh, Sophie, which is Machine Gun Kelly's guitarist, saying that um, it was probably Sophie who got in between the two of them because Sophie's a really attractive guitarist that works for him. Uh, but she's also in a, in a relationship, and so her people put out a statement saying, like, for anyone who is shifting blame or alleging something that didn't happen, Sophie has been nothing but professional, and to uh, accuse her of anything else is um, is bad journalism. And so she's got her boyfriend who's also been hanging out with MGK, so she, they're saying she has nothing to do with their relationship. She is simply an employee that works with him, uh, but no relationship there. I'm so mad because I saw Machine Gun Kelly Saturday night. I was at the red carpet for the Sports Illustrated party at the Super Bowl, and he was performing. And it wasn't announced yet that he allegedly broke up with Megan Fox. But he, she allegedly broke up with him, you mean? Yeah, well, she allegedly broke up with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, better way of putting it. And he didn't even walk the red carpet. He, like, stepped on, took a few photos, and, like, stepped off. He didn't walk down. He took. It was a very weird. But I didn't even think anything of it because I just didn't even care to even shoot it because the way he kind of went about it. And then the next morning is when the news came out that they broke up. I'm like, man, I just needed that video. If I only knew about, you know, a couple hours before, I could have like, it's not like he would have responded, but I could have yelled out the question, which would have got some news and I could have made some money on the video. But he walked the red carpet, which by the way, it's the first time I saw making, I'm sorry, I saw... Uh, MGK, Machine Gun Kelly perform. Mm-hmm. This is now my my second time I've seen him perform. It's it's a fun show, and it was weird. It's a corporate show, so the the audience wasn't into it. But like he like moves around <laughs> the crowd, and like he he like he makes it very like fun. I I, I was actually very entertained by seeing him live. With that said, I don't think we know exactly where they stand. They were seen it's, together on Valentine's Day. There. Yeah, yeah, there is a photo of them. Which they're saying that they're leaving uh, marriage counseling or wedding, you know, or like seeing a counselor, relationship counselor. Well, the fact that she she can't take off the engagement ring because it has thorns on it, I guess they're going to have to just figure it out. 
Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, the number one story of the week, Dex. Uh, Rihanna, she broke the record for the most watched Super Bowl halftime show of all time. Um, and it's funny because I mentioned that to my wife and she was like, yeah, of course. Well, every year doesn't that go up? I'm like, no, 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 no. That's that's not how it works. Um, I guess uh, she 118.7 million people tuned in to watch that halftime, which is kind of funny because it's actually more than that will watch the actual Super Bowl. So more people like people find out, oh, halftime's going on. They tune in, and so the, the viewership spikes, um, which is kind of funny, I think. Uh, but she uh, just pushed out Katy Perry. Katy Perry had the, the highest viewership up until this point with $117 million. Then comes Gaga. Beyond that is Coldplay, Beyonce, and Bruno Mars, that like threesome trio they did a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, behind them is Bruno Mars by himself, then Madonna, and then Beyonce by herself. So... No, it definitely doesn't. Uh, the numbers don't just keep stacking because you've got J-Lo and Shakira in there. You've got um, the hip-hop big collaboration they did. So it it doesn't always go up every year. Um, but, I, you know, I, I'm surprised to see it's number one. But I, I also I think that there was a lot of curiosity around Rihanna. We haven't seen her perform and we haven't seen her sing in a long time and so to see her up on stage i think people are really excited myself included into that so the number was 118 million people watched that you said yep yep so 118.7 118 million point seven watch rihanna perform at the super bowl now a question for you dax and i don't know if you know the answer and it's just mm-hmm. one of those things to think does rihanna the label or the talent group behind her the team behind her do they pay to perform at the Super Bowl because it's no, no, such no. a big platform. Would they like, hey, we want this. We'll even pay you guys to have this platform to perform at. No, um, you you have to be offered it, but they don't pay you. That's the, the you know, because any other time that you were going to perform for 118 million people, you would get a fatty paycheck for that. Right. Yeah. But in this case, I think they just cover like certain expenses, show expenses, the Super Bowl will, but they're not paying the artist, which is kind of surprising. Um, However, it is such a good marketing press move that all these singers go, hell yeah, of course, I'm going to be the most talked about thing on the planet for the the day. Not only that, all of their record sales start going through the roof. They, you know, all these old songs that you hear and there you go and you listen to it, you restream it. So you become like the most streamed artist and, and they make a ton of money on the back end through YouTube and through people remembering the songs and going and downloading and like all of that stuff. They end up making a ton of money, but they're not paid to be there. Interesting, because I know her streams went up crazy this past week as well. Oh, yeah. My ne- my last question for you, Dax, is... You let's just fantasize a little bit. You're in charge of next year's Super Bowl. You get to pick the talent, the halftime show. Who do you pick oh. as the halftime show for next year's Super Bowl? Oh, Adam, that's a good question because I have rooted for Rihanna for so long that I haven't thought about it. <laughs> um, Billy would be kind of fun. B- Billy Eilish? Billy Eilish? B- I'm sorry. Yeah, she'd be. Kind no, of fun. she's too no, new. No, no shot. Dude, she's got so many songs. Shut up. I she's think got you got so many songs. I think you go. It's gonna be in Vegas next year, so you gotta do something. I wouldn't do like a Wayne Noon because he's just too old. And I think you gotta go classic rock. I would do because they're at the the last of their like performing abilities. I think you do Bruce Springsteen, Elton John, Billy Joel. No. 
Thank you. No. No. <laughs> like, no. No. I, I, ju- I think that the halftime show, you bring in so many more people when you get, like... New, newer talent, younger women talent? Women up on stage. I, I think that there's, there's a different element when there's, like, a woman up on stage performing. Like, people... Then you're getting wives that are not interested in football tuning in. You, like, it makes it more of a spectacle, what about and Miley Cyrus? Right, I, think, I think that oh Miley would be good. Yeah, I like Miley. Um, I think that yeah, I, I, Bruce is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I think he's already done like a halftime show though. He um, has. Uh, but you, you, I think you're. There's a lot of people that won't tune in for that, and I think that's the reality of it. What about straight rock and roll like Motley Crue? Uh, oh, oh. Thank you. Thank you. Everything. No. You shoot me down for every single idea. You shoot me down. You're the worst Super Bowl <laughs> CEO at all. Like, you just, shoot. I would hate to be in the meeting with Dax and be like, nope, nope, nope. I don't, I, nope, before I even get through it all. How about Cardi? Cardi B would be a good one. She'd be fun. She'd be, she would be fun because you don't know what she would do. I think exactly. she would do something that she knew that would shake things Let's up. Let's just get Anita out here already. No, I'm just kidding. I know. No one's going right. to know her. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for listening to our Raw Rundown. Check us out on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Facebook. We're on it all. We have this private Facebook group called Off The Record, which I highly suggest you guys join. Uh, find me at, at Adam Glynn, G-L-Y-N. Find Dax Holt at, at Dax Holt. And that's our Raw Rundown. We'll see you guys later. Ariana Grande might be a good one, too. Oh no. <laughs> Bye guys. A Huda Media Production.